Hello, and welcome back to Around the Jewish World with Tom Price. It's been a while since our last session, so I want to do some housekeeping things first. I would like to remind you that I would always appreciate feedback, suggestions, questions, either directly on the Facebook page for this podcast series, or to my personal email, which is to remind you, T-L-H-O-M-A-S at yahoo.com. Today we're going to begin an exploration of the Baltic countries with, first of all, an introduction to the whole region. And even before that, I'd like to explain something about how I choose where we visit next. Uh, Some of you have asked both online and offline what determines that. And the answer is, in large part, that I don't want to take you on a visit to someplace I haven't been myself. And I also don't want to take you on a visit to someplace I haven't been for 40 or 50 years. So all the places that we'll visit together are places that I've been to fairly recently, places where I have friends, places where I feel like I know what's going on beneath the surface, etc., etc. So for the Baltics... We're talking about three countries along the eastern shore of the Baltic Sea. Estonia to the north, Latvia in the middle, and Lithuania to the south. These three countries were also the northwesternmost republics of the former Soviet Union. And in Russian, in those days, they were collectively known as Pribaltika, like right on the Baltic. Uh, There's actually a fourth area that is not an independent country today, and most people don't consider a Baltic country, although it is as much Baltic country as any of the others. And that is the area formerly known as East Prussia, where the capital was formerly known as Königsberg. And today, that is part of Russia. The capital has changed its name to Kaliningrad, And the area is called the Kaliningradskaya Oblast, the Kaliningrad district, as it were. It is not connected by land to any other part of Russia. It's surrounded by Poland on the west and south and by Lithuania to the north. But it is culturally as much a part of the Baltics as the three republics that the Russians always called Pribaltika. And I want to warn you that if you feel like you know next to nothing about this part of Europe, you're not alone. Most of us, when we study in high school or university, when we study Europe, we're focused on southern, central, and western Europe, places where our ancestors come from, Ireland, England, Italy, Germany, Spain in many cases, or the classical empires of antiquity, the Greek Empire and the Roman Empire. So we're much more focused on the Mediterranean countries than we are on the Baltic countries. Another reason that we may know less about the Baltic region than we do about the rest of Europe is that it converted to Christianity very late in history and certainly later than any other part of Europe. And some of the elements in this belated conversion to Christianity are going to be covered in today's introduction to the whole region. The first of these elements is the so-called Northern Crusades. Now, most of us know about the Crusades that were launched by Western Europeans, the Normans, the French, the English, the Germans, 
to oust the Muslims from the Holy Land. Or in some cases, they got detoured and they destroyed Constantinople in the Fourth Crusade. We also may be vaguely aware of later crusades called by popes to put down heresies in Western Europe, like the Albigensian Crusade in the south of France. Very few of us are aware of the Northern Crusades, which officially began with a call from Pope Celestine III in the year 1195. But in fact, the Catholics in Scandinavia, Poland, and the Holy Roman Empire had begun moving to convert their pagan neighbors even earlier. They just weren't officially called crusades. So Pope Celestine's call for a crusade against the Baltic heathens in 1195 was echoed a few years later by Pope Innocent III. And there was a crusading expedition led by the Bishop of Hanover, which landed near Riga in 1198. Although the Crusaders won their first battle, the bishop was mortally wounded and the Crusaders retreated. Shortly thereafter, in 1199, Albert of Buxhoveden was appointed by the Archbishop of Bremen to Christianize the Baltic countries. By the time Albert died in 1229, the conquest and the formal Christianization of present-day Estonia and northern Latvia was complete. Albert succeeded in getting the Pope to issue a decree that said fighting against the Baltic heathens was of the same merit as participating in a crusade to the Holy Land. Although he landed with only 23 ships and 500 soldiers, Albert's efforts ensured that a constant flow of recruits followed. Technically, by 1206, they had made great progress to take control over ancient trading routes, to build castles and fortresses, and to convert at least some of the population to the Roman Catholic faith. So these crusaders had a much tougher time further south with Lithuania and with what became eventually East Prussia. So ultimately, they asked the monastic order of the Teutonic Knights to come to their aid and help in the Northern Crusades, which then in turn provided a rationale for the growth and expansion of the Teutonic Order of German Crusading Knights, which had originally been founded in Israel at the end of the 12th century. These Teutonic Knights, about whom you'll hear much more later, made a huge difference in the conduct of these Crusades, and ultimately... Lithuania officially converted to Christianity in 1386. However, even after that official conversion, armed conflict continued until at least 1410, when in the Battle of Grunwald, also known as the First Battle of Tannenberg, the Lithuanians and Poles, helped by the Tatars, the Moldovans, and the Czechs, defeated the Teutonic Knights, who once again went into retreat. So taking a step backwards... There are these two major entities in northeastern Europe at this point in history, the time of the Crusades, the time that these countries converted to Christianity, 
the time that they were joined to the rest of Europe in some sense, the two major entities that played a role were both actually German, even though these places are not geographically connected to Germany. And one is the Order of the Teutonic Knights, sometimes known as simply as the German Knights. And the other is the Hanseatic League, about which we'll talk more later. Now, let me just give you some background because I find it fascinating about the Order of the Teutonic Knights. This order was created in the year 1192 in what is today called Akko in Israel, but by the Crusaders and in most Western languages, it's called Acre. It's north of Haifa on the Mediterranean, and the order controlled the port and all the tolls and the income of Akko, so it got a lot of wealth. This was an order created at more or less the same time as the Knights Templar and what eventually became the Knights of Malta, who were Knights Hospitaller. They ran hospitals, first in Israel during the Crusades, then in Rhodes, and ultimately in Malta. These Teutonic Knights, however, um, when Christian forces were finally defeated in the Middle East, they moved to Transylvania in 1211 to help defend the southeastern borders of the Catholic Kingdom of Hungary against pagans. The knights were expelled by force of arms by the king of Hungary in 1225 after they attempted to place themselves under papal protection instead of under Hungarian sovereignty and thus to become independent. They failed in this attempt, but they did gain papal attention and they were utilized in these northern crusades relentlessly and they acquired quite a uh, reputation for being invincible. Theoretically, the order lost its main purpose in Europe when the last of the Baltic countries, namely Lithuania, was Christianized, although strong pagan traditions continued in Lithuania for centuries. It's in some ways not only the most recently Christianized of the three Baltic countries, but the least thoroughly Christianized of those three countries. Anyway, in 1515, the Holy Roman Emperor Maximilian I made a marriage alliance with Sigismund I of the Polish-Lithuanian Commonwealth. Thereafter, the empire did not support the order against Poland, and in 1525, the Grand Master of the Order actually resigned and converted to Protestantism, becoming Duke of Prussia as a vassal of Poland. Soon thereafter, the Order lost all of its holdings in the Protestant areas of Germany, but kept enormous holdings in Catholic areas of Germany until 1809, when Napoleon ordered the dissolution of the Order, and the Order lost its last secular holdings. So, After the loss of Prussia, which became Protestant in the wake of the Protestant Reformation, the Teutonic Knights concentrated their holdings on Catholic regions in the Holy Roman Empire. There were 12 districts within Germany, or within what was once Germany, that they controlled directly, by the Grand Master. These were regions like Thuringia, most of what is now Belgium, Hesse, Saxony, Westphalia, Franconia, Koblenz, the French provinces of Alsace and Burgundy, which used to be its own Grand Duchy, the westernmost province in Austria, which is Tyrol, Lorraine, the city of Utrecht, and all the rest of Austria. 
outside the German areas were the bailiwicks of Sicily, Apulia, Lombardy in Italy, Bohemia in what is today the Czech Republic, so-called Romania, which was really Rumelia in modern Greece, and some combination of Armenia and Cyprus. Gradually, the order lost control of all these holdings until, by 1809, only the seat of the Grand Master remained. The Grand Masters were often members of great German families, and after 1761, members of the House of Habsburg-Lorraine, they continued to preside over the order's considerable holdings and considerable wealth. The military history of the Teutonic Knights was ended in 1805 by Article 12 of the Peace of Pressburg, a town which was once Austro-Hungary and is now called Bratislava, and it's the capital of Slovakia. So, from 1804, the order was headed by members of the Habsburg dynasty until that dynasty collapsed uh, during World War I, and then the order under the emergent Austrian state became purely a religious order. By the end of the 20th century, this once powerful, largely military order had become simply a charitable organization run by Catholic priests. They sponsor numerous archaeological and tourism projects in Israel, in fact, going back to their roots in the Holy Land. And currently, the abbot general of the order, who also holds the title of High Master, is a Catholic priest, and the current seat of the High Master is the Church of the German Order in Vienna, quite close to St. Stephen's Cathedral in the very heart of Vienna. And their offices are on the Zingerstrasse, about three doors down from my first apartment in Vienna. So it comes full circle. Now we need to talk about the Hanseatic League, the other force in the early history of the Baltic states. So unlike the Teutonic Order, the Hanseatic League was not primarily military. It was rather commercial, cultural, dedicated to trade. It was basically founded by merchants from the city of Lübeck in northern Germany. Written references begin to appear in the 13th century, probably has roots in medieval guilds even earlier than that. So if the League was technically founded in 1159, certainly during the 13th century, it acquired domination of trade in the entire Baltic region with striking speed. Lubeck became a central point in the seaborne trade that linked all the areas around the North and Baltic seas, including even London. Lubeck became a base for merchants, and these merchants captured or set up actually trade outposts, which then ultimately dominated cities like Tallinn, Riga, Königsberg and others, the major Baltic ports, they all became members of the Hanseatic League, and some of them still have many Hansa buildings and bear the style of architecture of their old Hanseatic days. 
By the beginning of the 16th century, the Hanseatic League found itself in a weaker position than it had known for centuries. It was sometimes successful in military conflicts and sometimes ended up on the wrong side. It was, after all, basically a confederation of traitors and not an army or a group of knights. The League attempted, of course, to keep itself alive, but ultimately... It was thrown out of England, it was thrown out of Russia, it was thrown out of the Netherlands, it was thrown out of Norway, etc., etc. By the end of the 17th century, the League had basically imploded and could no longer deal with its own internal struggles. It lost territories, members withdrew, it was banned from several countries, and eventually... Only a few cities remained within the League. The last three were Lübeck, the founder, Hamburg, and Bremen, three major trading cities in northern Germany. But the League finally officially dissolved itself in 1862. And only those last three cities, Lübeck, Hamburg, and Bremen, retained the words Hanseatic cities in their official German titles. And now that all of that tumultuous background is out of our way, I can tell you that the next two episodes will focus specifically on Vilnius, also known as Vilna or Vilno in Lithuanian, Polish, and Russian. Vilnius is the capital of Lithuania and a major center of Jewish history. And the episode after that will focus on Riga, which is the capital of Latvia and which has the greatest collection of Art Nouveau buildings of any city in Europe. Looking forward to our future sessions together. Thank you.